maybe this has happened to you. You're working on your house, you know, and you, there's a wall there that really needs to be replaced. So you start digging that, you know, old horsehair plaster off there. And, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the wall, you find this metal box in there. And, it, and then you open it up, and it's full of, like, gold coins. Like, that happened to me just the other day. Well, not really. Yeah. She says, how come we don't have air conditioning then? That's a good question. Or maybe you're out in your garden and you're like digging and, and uh, you know, you just... Out here in, in New England, this kind of stuff can happen where you're digging and you find some stuff that is just really, really old. I come from San Diego, of course, and like, you know, if something was 20 years old, that's like really old. In like 20 years, that's like nothing here, right? You find something that, you know, in my yard... Um, there was, I don't know why, but there was this little spot where these people, they, whoever it was, they, they liked to put old bottles. So they had these little bottles back there, and that was their bottle pile or something. And so, you know, to, to that area, if you just dig there, there's all this glass, these little bottles, old bottles. Not that old. You know, like 300 years old or something, but not that old. But how many of you ever, ever, ever worked with a, a metal detector? Some of you? You know... <clears throat> that's kind of intentional treasure hunting, right? Where you get this metal detector, you go down to the beach, right? You look kind of dorky because you have all this gear on and stuff, and everybody's there, they're trying to have fun at the beach, and you're walking all amongst their blankets and stuff and <laughs> trying to find, you know, and you got this little scoop, and you're looking for stuff. But that's like intentionally looking for metal, coins, rings, whatever it is they're looking for down there, I'm not sure. Anybody have a metal detector, by the way? Could I borrow it? <laughs> I want to go, I've been wanting to go out in my backyard for a long time and, and see if I can find something. But you look and you look and you look, and then, you know, you've, you feel like there must be something there, or, or you wouldn't be looking in that particular spot. You're, you figure there must be something there, and, or maybe, you know, you found a treasure map, and so you're going to follow that to the very end. Sometimes, you know... These guys never find anything. They just go home and, and they never find anything. This has, this, this has a lot to do with these two parables we're going to look at today, actually three, but the parable of the hidden treasure and the, and the parable of the pearl and then the parable of the net. These are all part of, uh, let's see if anybody remembers, part of which group of parables? Anybody remember? Seven of them in this chapter called the something parables. No? Anybody? You got to speak louder because I, all these fans, you know. Kingdom parables. There you go. Thank you. Extra um, whatever we have out there for you. Give that man some ice. The kingdom parables, and really that's what they're all about. Jesus says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. So really what, what this whole book of Matthew really is about Jesus Christ, the king. So the question in the kingdom parables, is he really king? You've got to kind of see that and work that and understand the parables in light of the fact that he is the king, and is he the king in your life and in my life? The, the key verse, I think, in this book is, 
I believe anyways, uh, Matthew 6.33, which says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the other things, all these things will be added unto you as well, given unto you as well. Seek first His kingdom, the priority of His kingdom. So let's look at verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then, in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. It's, it's not necessarily out in the open, is it? <clears throat> it's hidden, but it's there. It's kind of like these parable, <clears throat> the parable messages. They're, they're, the message is there for all who would hear, all who would listen, who, all who would want to find the truth. The, the message is there for us in the parable. You remember Jesus said to his disciples, they said, why do you speak in parables? He says, so those that would hear would hear. Those that, that have closed their ears, it's hidden from them. Now, back in that day, there really weren't the kind of banks that we had today, so you would pretty much hide your treasure wherever you could. You know, many times it would be in the ground. Today, you know, we use mattresses because that's the safest place. No one would ever look there, right? Under, in between the two mattresses. Some of you are going, oh, Bill, that's, that's where I got my money. <laughs> in between the two mattresses. He says, though, when a man found it, though, the treasure hidden in a field, he appears to have stumbled on it unexpectedly, suddenly, and he's surprised by this find that he has. And then he hides it again, and in his joy, it says he went and sold all he had, and he, and he bought that field. He covered it up, and then he did whatever he had to do to make it his. Look at verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and bought it. This parable, again, he, he was looking. This merchant, he knew what he was looking for. He was searching. It was intentional. He was looking for just the right pearl. And when he found that one pearl, he realized how valuable it was. Why? Because he knew pearls. And he knew it when he saw it. He knew that this is what he had been searching for, what he had been looking for for a very long time. Now, these two parables go together. Maybe different ways of finding things, but they go together. And, it, and really, when you, when you read what people have written about these parables, you kind of, it's kind of really about half and half the way people look at them. And I think both are correct. Um, <clears throat> number, number, uh, number one way of looking at it is, is speaking about the kingdom of God, the value of the kingdom, in the sense that we give all that we have for the kingdom, to have the kingdom. We'll talk about that in a minute. The second one, and I think it's just as valid and, and just and maybe even more important in some ways, is that Jesus Christ is the one who gave everything he had so that he could have that treasure, and that treasure is you and me. Certainly it is true, we know the scripture says that, for the joy set before him, what? He endured the cross, despising its shame. Why? So that He might purchase us with His own blood. The Scripture says we are bought with a price and that He loved us that much. He loved us that much. 
we could stop there and we could say, you know, that's, that's really what, what life is all about. But one of the reasons I like looking at these two parables and the two understandings of these parables is because they're both true. And, and, and the other side really is a response to what Jesus has done. The fact that he gave everything up for you and for me, our response to that fact, to that treasure, what he's given to us, the, the immense worth of the God's kingdom. Someone said this, that these two parables teach the same thing. That the kingdom of God is such great value, is of such great value that one should be willing to give up all he has in order to gain it. One should be willing to give up all he has in order to gain it. Now does that mean we buy it? Are we purchasing it? Well the gospel is free, isn't it? The kingdom is free. We can't buy it with money. We can't buy it with good deeds, though people have tried all through the years, through the centuries. But Isaiah said, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Paul says that the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. And in the book of Revelation, chapter 21 it says these words, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. Without cost. It's free. It's completely and totally free. We can't buy it. We can't earn it. We can't get it in any way, shape, or form uh, for ourselves. But does that mean we don't do anything? It's free, but the truth of the matter is, you know, and we see this, Jesus talked about it, is that it costs, it's free, but it costs everything. It costs all. It costs us all of who we are. It costs all of our hearts. We, we, it doesn't just get come to us. We need to give ourselves to Him. Paul the Apostle, he says, you know, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. He gave up everything. Nothing was important to him except knowing Jesus Christ, the value of the treasure. That's why Jesus, speaking to the rich man, you know the story, right, where he... he, he the rich man wanted to know how he could be right with God, how he could gain eternal life, how he could <clears throat> pursue Jesus Christ and be his disciple, his followers, his follower. And Jesus said, you still lack one thing. He said, sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. But when he heard this, the man, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. See, is God calling every one of us to sell everything we have? All of our possessions? Not necessarily, because this man, he, Jesus knew this man's heart, and he knew that the, the stuff had his heart. He wasn't willing. It was sad, because he didn't realize what was more important. To give our lives to the king. To be sold out for the kingdom. I think it's like this. We're either all in or we're all out. We're either sold out for the king or we're just kind of like playing the game. 
One commentator said this, the kingdom is worth every sacrifice, worth infinitely more than the cost of discipleship. And those who know where the treasure lies joyfully abandon everything else to secure it. Joyfully abandon everything else to secure it. Is there anything more important than the treasure of knowing Jesus Christ? I know it's hot in here. I know it's hard to to focus. I'm having trouble focusing. But what happens to us and and those of us who we found the treasure is sometimes we begin to forget. We begin to just get so familiar with the treasure that we have. You get, again, two, two different facets of these two parables. One stumbles on it. The other one is searching and looking. And maybe for you, if you think about your situation, maybe you weren't necessarily searching. But all of a sudden, you were confronted with the truth. And you're blown away by it. And, and you know that this is the truth of life. Or maybe you were searching for a long, long time. You were searching for the answer, searching for the truth. And finally you found it. The response is the same here in these two parables, though. They sold everything they had to have it. Let's look at the next parable. This parable kind of illustrates the final outcome, the eternal consequences of this decision, of this uh, treasure having it or not having it. Verse 47 says these words, Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. And when it was full, the fishermen pulled pulled it up on the shore. And then they sat down and they collected the good fish in baskets, but they threw the bad away. And this is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The eternal consequences. The net, they would put down nets. And, and, and just like you and I, if we would take a net, and these were like drag nets where they would drag them, and, and many things would be caught in these nets, but not all would be kept. And for us today, it would be like for the size, are they large enough, or the type, they're no good, we throw them back, right? This parable is very much like the parable of the wheat and the weeds, in that there comes a day when the separation will take place at the end of the age. The eternal consequences at the day of judgment, this final day of judgment is coming. But it's also true that not all who enter the church, not all who come into the church, not just our church, but into the church, are saved. Not all have made that decision to, to give it all up for Jesus Christ, to surrender all to Him, that He might be the King, the one and only King. The gospel net, someone said, catches the good and the bad, but the separation of these is to be left for the final judgment day. Again, these ideas were given to us in the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And so he repeats them again. And why would he repeat things? Why are things repeated in the Bible? Because they're very important. Because we need to understand them. 
And again, the, the, the understanding of this treasure that we're talking about here is not that it's just a, you know, a couple of gold coins that we might have in our, co- our pocket. It's eternal life or eternal death. It's separation from God or living with God for eternity, 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 on into eternity, eternity, eternity. We can't even put our minds around the idea of eternity. This idea that Greg Laurie is going to talk about this first week is, do we even care? Do we care about the people around us? Are we all set for ourselves? It's very, very important. Look at verse 51. He asked the the disciples, have you understood all these things? Jesus asked, and, and yes, they replied. He asked them, do you get it? Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? And I wonder when they said yes, were they just like nodding their head like we do? Oh, do you understand? And you just go, but you, do you really understand? <laughs> do you really get it? Do you, do you and I really get it and understand that there's nothing that's more valuable, nothing more important, nothing worth more than, than having and being a part of the kingdom of God where Jesus Christ is king, seek ye first the kingdom of God. There's nothing more important than that in all of life, in all of the world. Yeah, but I, I got a car, I got a house, I got a boat, I got a pool, I got you know, all this stuff, I got a bank account, uh, 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 I got a retirement account, I got... How much of that is worth really anything ultimately? Your life is but a breath, the Bible says. Just like, a, just like a vapor, just like here today, just gone. Did they really understand? And the question is, do you and I really understand? Have we gotten it? Have you understood all these things? Don't say it if you don't. It's too important. It's worth too much. It's too valuable. Finally, verse 52 He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Every teacher of the law, every one who is appointed to teach, he's been instructed, he learns. But he says the truth of the treasure is found in both the old and the new. I think we can apply that to the Old Testament. The New Testament is found in both. Some some have said that, you know, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. That the truth of these two books, the Old and the New, are all about the gospel message. Going back to Genesis chapter 3, where after the fall, God promises that he would send a Savior for you and for me. We're lost without that Savior. From the very beginning, it says Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. In other words, God knew that he was going to have to send his son from the very foundation of the world, this treasure. Heart, mind, and body, the value of the treasure. To do whatever it takes to have it. Not just think about it, but to actually have it. What's it worth? What's it worth to you? What's it worth to me? Is it just like a little add-on to my life? Another little app that I, you know, download? Or is it everything? 
is that everything, the other stuff are just, they're just, you know, extras in this life. Is it everything to you? Jesus gave everything for us and nothing less from us will do in return. That's the truth. That's the bottom line. Now to walk away from treasure is not exactly smart. You know that. But the sad thing is that people do. But I want to be like that woman who came to Jesus and she had that very expensive jar of perfume. You know the story, right? What'd she do? She broke it open. She poured it on him. She, poured, she gave him everything she had, the most, the most valuable thing she had. She gave it. And, and what did one of the disciples say? We sh- yeah, we could have kept that. We could have sold that. We could have. That was other motives that were in that disciple, right? You and I, nothing less from us will do. You know, that's a simple message. It's hot. I don't know. I, I, I'm just about done here. I want to take a few minutes to pray and, and give you an opportunity maybe to just make sure that you have given him everything. We're going to sing a song and, and take some time to, to surrender like that. Your choice, though, you know, there's no, there's no force and no coercion in the kingdom of God. We come willingly. You and I have that choice. Let's pray before we take some time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, your one and only Son, that he might give his life for the world, that, that all who would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God, we are so caught up in the things of this world, the heat of this day even, but God, it's, it's really your love. I was thinking about that song uh, recently, Think About His Love, Think About His Goodness. Think about His mercy and His grace that's brought us through. Lord, we, we just think and we stop for a moment here to think now, first of all, about what you've done for us. Because you loved us, you treasured us so much that you came to give your life willingly knowingly on that cross to pay for my sin, the sin of the world, to all who would come. You gave it to us. But all we need to do is look, look, up to that, look up to that cross, that place where the, as in the book of Numbers, I believe, where they looked up to the, to the staff with the snake and they were spared. And we look up to you, Lord God, and our lives are spared that we might live forever for eternity. Father, Father I want to pray right here now for these folks that are, that are sitting here this morning. Some have found you. They know that you are the greatest treasure in life. I pray that, that they, their hearts would not become jaded or, or just too familiar, that they would be renewed in their spirits and hearts and lives. 
Maybe some here today are surprised by what they've just heard about this treasure, about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And, and maybe that's you this morning. You need to simply surrender right here and now today. Give your heart and life completely to Him. Maybe some of you have been searching and looking and wanting to find the answers to life, the meaning of life, and you've heard today that there's something, a treasure, and His name is Jesus. And He's the King. And you need to bow and, and surrender to Him as King. Whatever it is, Lord, we come before you, each one of us. You know our hearts. We sang that song. You know our names. You know the thoughts we have. You know everything about us. So this morning, Lord, we take some time and, and we take some time to consider that we might truly understand. Jesus said, do you understand? Do you understand these things? Lord, by your spirit this morning, I pray you'd help us to understand. In Jesus' name, amen.